In today's episode, we have Rob Cubbin with us, who is going to share with you his story of entrepreneurship since 2004 and the changes he has made along the way to scale his business. You also get to hear Rob talk about the early days of online courses before they were widely popular and how the landscape has changed over the years, why he recommends not putting all of your eggs in one basket when it comes to online business, and the SEO strategies he uses for getting more traffic to his online courses. And now, on with the show. Welcome to the Online Course Igniter podcast, where you'll hear from successful course creators and how they were able to turn their passion into a thriving online business empire. Hello, everyone. Thanks for checking out the podcast today. We have Rob Cubbin, a very long-term online course instructor. I'm super excited to have you here today. How's it going, Rob? I'm doing well, Jeremy. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, definitely. Uh, You have been in the uh, online business and the online course creation business for quite some time. And I first heard about you. I might have heard about you before I even started doing courses on Udemy back in the day, because I remember reading uh, some of your blog posts. And I think you had some YouTube videos that answered a lot of questions that I had when I was uh, getting in the game. So uh, I'm excited to hear how you got started and where it has taken you and what you're doing doing today. So uh, yeah, just I would love to hear uh, how you got started. If you want to take a moment and kind of tell us uh, where you began, what you, maybe what you were doing before mm-hmm. you got into online business, how you got into online business, and then how did you transition into online courses? Okay, um, so uh, it goes back to uh, London. I, I was living and working in London, and I was doing um, print design, uh, freelance work. In London, so just like everyone else, I was going to work. Uh, at, you know, commuting every day to offices, and I didn't really like it. Um, and uh, you know, that's the sort of thing. I, I, I guess I kind of thought I'd be able. I'll, I'll be doing that for the rest of my life. Um, but I just was interested in the internet. This is early two thousands now. You see, so going back two thousand and three, that sort of time, two thousand four. And so I started playing around with websites, but nothing really happened until I got WordPress and I started blogging. And then really that things started happening for me. And this is actually nothing to do with online courses, but, and also you've got, you've got to realize, Jeremy, as you know, you know, well, better than anyone, but you know, things change so much every year. Mm-hmm. So as you can imagine, 2004, 2005, Google search engine wasn't as sophisticated as it is now. So it was a lot easier to to rank for quite good keywords back in those days. So um, that's what started it for me because I just basically started to get work, um, just do freelance work, but from home, which was just such a a boon for me. You know, it was such a development because it meant like I was my own boss. That was the moment where I became my own boss in 2005. Um, and, and because instead of going to offices and doing work for clients through um, a third party sort of company that, that take, took all the money, I could just work directly for the clients, which I would find on my, through my website and, and, and get paid you know, much, much better 
hourly rates and, and uh, have do much more interesting work um, than I than I was doing when I was working for other people. So that's how it started, really. Um, it was all about creating content on my website. Now nowadays, you've got to do a whole lot more in order to get traffic to a website and indeed traffic to a YouTube channel. But that's honestly what I started doing, and I started doing the YouTube videos. Only as it was, a, it was a good SEO factor for my site. Little did I know that YouTube is actually a, a great way to sell products. It's a great way to build an audience as, as well. It, absolutely, um, apart from the web and, and the blog. Um, but anyway, so I, I was just, you know, really into blogging, really into making money from home, from my own business, as opposed to working for other people. I really loved it. It really, it, it was really transformational for me. And because of that, I got to, to follow a lot of other bloggers like Pat Flynn and, um, uh, you know, Pro Blogger and, and lots of other people like that. And so I, I then started making products and, and started an email list and because I just thought it was so interesting. And it, it was, it was a, apart from what I was doing, I was working for clients building web, websites. I, I taught myself web design and, and WordPress. And, and so I, that's what I was doing. But um, in part-time, I, I, I sold products. So the first products I sold were PDF eBooks, actually. Um, but then uh, I said, you know, I, well, I, what happened was a friend of mine uh, said that they put a course on Udemy, and I thought, well, that sounds interesting. I I do videos, so maybe I could do a course. So she gave me a coupon for her course, um, a lady called Tara Roskell. She had a course on logo design. Yeah. And I just thought, well, that's just amazing. She's just given me this coupon, and I get access to her course. So it's something clicked inside me, and I just thought, right, well, I'll just put a course on Udemy and see how it goes. And that was in 2013, Jeremy. Um, so a lot, of, a lot has happened since then. Um, but um, Udemy really helped me. Uh, Udemy was the reason I, I, I first started making enough money passively so I didn't have to work actively. Right, yeah. And I remember uh, reading your blog post and you were posting income reports of yeah. what you were making on Udemy. And I think that you... Uh, really helped bring a lot of people into that space because like I said, I, I, re I remember reading those and getting super, super pumped up at the possibilities and uh, what you were making online. I just, I never knew that that was even possible when I came into it. Cause I started around uh, maybe like 2014, 2015. And I started doing like t-shirts and someone did the same thing. They recommended, you know, checking out Udemy and I went on there and, and put a course up and then saw the potential. So that's really awesome. It's cool to hear. You've been, yeah. you've been at the game for a very long time. I don't know if uh, some of our listeners were even online back in 2004. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um, as I say, it was, it was a different world in those days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even you to me was a lot different. So what, what was that like in the very beginning? Um, so, well, first of all, do you remember what the first course you created on the platform was? Oh, yeah, of course I remember. Um, well, actually, I did a free course first because I already had um, free. I had, I had a, a load of videos on YouTube that, that were to do with creating a, a site on WordPress. So um, 
I just strung them all all together in a course on Udemy, and and then I started get students, and then it, it was too bad I could not put a price on it, so I, I I had it as a free course on Udemy, but then I did um I got my head down and spent the next month doing a, a much better quality course on exactly the same um, material, which was building a, a website on on WordPress for a client. So it was kind of a uh, it was kind of an, uh, a website for a fictitious design company, and um, what what you know the process you'd go through in in order to create that. So I, I did that, and that was the first course, and it, and it started. Um, it was quite easy to get sales actually because um, I already had an email list at that time, so I could um, send my some of my um, audience to to the to the course and. And um, and it started selling, and and as you know, back in those days, if if you had a course that was selling, um, you could see, you know, if you if you could give it a bit of a kickstart with your own audience, um, mm. and they liked it, then there was a good chance that Udemy would then promote it, and and it would be a a, a bigger hit with the wider Udemy audience, and, and it was. Nice. Yeah. It's uh, even to this day, I think that, you know, driving promotions to the platform gives it that, that kind of boost. Um, I guess they, the algorithm sees that, you know, people are coming in and buying yeah. and, and taking it and then that kind of boosts it up. So uh, what, what was that? What were those early days like when you first put your course on there? What, what did, what was going on in your head? You know, um, <laughs> did you think it was going to be a success or right away? I don't know. I I um I kind of. I mean, everything else was going pretty well as well. You know, it wasn't just that. There was the ebook sales, and the the traffic was going well, and, and the signups were going well, and, and my business was going well. So it was just it was just an all all over all around good time uh, to be online at, actually at that time. And and I remember we had a Facebook group. It doesn't exist anymore for for successful instructors. So Phil. Phil was on there. I got to know. I got to know a lot of other successful instructors, and that was really interesting. I, and I also was writing um, KDP um, uh, Amazon book. I mean, I was mm-hmm. writing Kindles and and paperbacks on Amazon, and I wrote a book about how to how to sell online courses as well, which was very Udemy focused. Mm-hmm. And um, but I have to say, U- Udemy brought in more than anything else did because it was just. It, it was just the, the platform was doing so well. I think they had about a million. Um, at one stage, I remember them saying they had a million users, and now they've got 20 million. Mm-hmm. So we must have hit that sort of explosion of growth, and there wasn't much other competition in those right. days. And, um, you know, they, was, they, they, they had some money to, to throw at it, and, um, you know, it was doing pretty well. I, I just remember you know, meeting all the other instructors in the Facebook group and having it, it was very interesting time. Um, but I was just keen to make more courses and, and more books. And also, uh, you know, um, as we're going to bring the story along, you know, as, as the years went by, um, I saw the importance of diversifying my, my income streams. And I, I, started to sell the courses from my own site as well. 
Yeah, I, and I would definitely love to uh, get into that and talk about that um, because, you know, I always say the, the marketplaces are great. They can help you with some of that market marketing and advertising in the beginning and kind of get people to know you. You know, um, a lot of people know me through Udemy now and I've grown quite a big audience, but I feel it, it is important that to have a fully functional business, you really got to have, you know, your own platform, your own website. So you had already started some of that, uh, mm. which is which is great. So we can we can dive into a lot of different topics here based on, you know, your website strategy, your YouTube and, and your, your book. But what was the main reason that you felt that you needed to focus putting courses on your own platform versus just going all in on Udemy? Well, I mean, like it was... It was a mantra from from other online entrepreneurs, as you just said it, you know, you don't put all your eggs on one basket and certainly don't don't rely on a platform that, that you have no other control over, a platform you have no control over because, um, you know, you, they could kick you off. And, and they were, they did kick people off. Although obviously I wasn't doing anything wrong, so they never kicked me off. But um, I have to say another thing, Jeremy. Um, but you probably don't remember this. But they changed their pricing strategy oh, I around about two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you do remember that. And and, and, I, and suddenly my you know my sales sort of fell by fifty percent one month. I think it was just not sure what it was, whether it was a glitch or I, I know they kind of. After a three-month period, they sort of said, "Oh well, that, that was a bit of a mistake," and they went back to doing the um, the the re- redu- You know, they were, it was the ten. Do- they were trying to get away from the ten-dollar model, and and they've never successfully done that. But anyway, that that was you know that that was the spark. But I have to yeah. say, Jeremy, I mean, it took me years and years. Mm-hmm. Even though I had my own audience, I made a few really bad mistakes. The worst thing I did is I, I, cho- I chose the wrong um, platform to sell my courses from on my site because it was just before Teachable took off, you see. It was too long mm-hmm. ago. And um, it, if, I was, if, if I'd started to do it a few years ago, I would have gone bang Teachable or bang Thinkific right. or even Learn Dash. Um, but back then, they they weren't around. Right. Uh, I think Teachable were, was, but it was used used for Dora. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't the product that it is today. And I I was using these terrible membership plugins um, that really worked badly. The last one I used actually got my site hacked. Mm. Um, I didn't make money, obviously, but it was kind of a very. Uh, um, unsatisfactory period because nothing was. I didn't get it to work the way I wanted to. I wasn't giving my customers, you know, a good service because I kept on changing the platform and having to tell them, "Oh, can you log in again?" And uh, <laughs> you know, it's just terrible. Whereas if I'd, you know, started with Teachable or Thinkific, then that none of that would have happened. But you know, you live and learn, and and, and the, you know that that was a huge, great learning curve. Get, well, getting hacked was 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 a learning curve. I can tell you, um, as, as you yeah. might imagine. Yeah, yeah, um, ne- never fun. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Th- but what it taught me at the end of the day, um, let's say, I mean, if I went straight to Teachable, things would have been a lot better. But it 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 made me realise that it, it, once you have a, an email list, a good email list of um, an audience that knows and likes and trusts you and you are regularly giving them good content 
through emails. Um, I would say you need just a few thousand, just a few thousand email addresses, but they'd need to be hot. You know, they'd, they'd need to be recently signed up and obviously engaged with you. Once you've got that, you can easily make, I would say you can make as much, although it depends on, on a lot of other factors, but um, I found I could make as much on my site as I could on Udemy um, with, with those few thousand email addresses. So after that, it was just a matter of um, in, increasing the number of uh, e email addresses on my list, increasing the signups. And, and, and that has just been a question of creating content um, on the blog and creating content on YouTube and then trying to get people to sign up for a free offer, which is either a free ebook or a free course, and then um, marketing, you know, promoting via email to, to those people who already have registered uh, an interest in, in your material. So, um, yeah, it took me a long time, but it's basically quite, quite simple at the end of the day. You just need, you just need a few thousand email addresses, I think. Yeah. You know, you talked about, um, the smart passive income and Pat Flynn, I believe earlier. Mm. And it, he said at one point that, uh, I think his site got hacked or something happened to his website. Um, and the story he tells is that his site went down, uh, or, or maybe it was when he was, uh, he had the wrong URL name and they told him he had to like, you know, shut it down and change the name. Something happened and he still had his email list. And that was one thing that he always said that stuck out yeah. to me was I, you know, even though my website was shut down, I was still able to contact people. And that is yeah. why I think emails are so important is yeah. if, if your whole business is on any platform, it doesn't just have to be you to me. Maybe it's uh, you, your whole business is built off of YouTube or WordPress and mm -hmm. blogging or podcasting. Mm -hmm. If something happens, if the site goes down or the company goes bankrupt or they kick you off the platform for whatever reason, at least you have those contacts. So yeah. uh, I think emails are very important. Let's let's break it down a little bit more just for people who are maybe new to the game or just starting out. So you mentioned um, you believe one of the best things to do is offer like a free guide or a free course uh, yeah. to get those emails? Yeah, I, I definitely. I, for, me, for me, a free course is worth more. <clears throat> and now this could be to do with my audience, you don't know, but for some reason they go for the free courses much more than the free ebook and the, the free, but, you know, I haven't tested it too, too widely. Um, but for, for sure, that's, that's how I see it. Even if now, I mean, now if I, if I create a new product, I'll also create a free course because it's, it's pretty easy to create a free course because it basically you know, you, you could, it could be just 25 minutes of video. So you could get sort of maybe five, four or five free um, of your YouTube videos. And if they all, all in all explain something, you can do a, an intro and an outro. And then that, that's a free course. And it's very easy to create it on Teachable or Thinkific. And, and, then, and then you put it out there for, for nothing. People love it. I mean, if you get, if, if you send an email then to your, you know, these, these are email subscribers you've already got, so it doesn't really matter. But it, even if you did, you sent an email to, to that, you'd get really good open rates and really good click-through rates and really good conversion rates if it's a free course. Uh, same with a free ebook as well. Um, I've done that many times. But then again, and then you can just say, because um, I've got six free courses, um, 
I, I can, I, if I'm doing any sort of blog post or YouTube video <clears throat> and I haven't got anything else to sell, I'll just say, if you're interested in this subject and you want to dive more deeply into this, then I have a free course. It's available on my site. The link is underneath. Just click on that and you can access the free course. Now, in order to get the free course, and they know they've got to sign up, and and because they're signing up, um, then they know that I'm going to get their email address. And if they don't like the emails I send them, they can always un unsubscribe. So um, I think everyone, you know, everyone's a winner. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, when when someone talks about having a free course and then you're trying to get them into your paid products, one of the big um, problems or the big con biggest concerns that people have is that people who are going to take the free course just want the free stuff and they're not going to ever buy your other course. Do you find that to be true? Well, yeah. I mean, I suppose, you know, for, for maybe 70 or 80% of them, that's the case. But you're always, you're always it, it, you know, it's always going to be a sort of 80-20 thing. It's, it's, it's always going to be, you know, maybe 1% or 2% of, of the 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 email list buy the product and even so i mean it's going to be a huge amount of money if if you've got an email list of 20,000 subscribers and um 2% of them buy a product at, at 100 bucks you know that's a, that's a good payday yeah, and I, I like when people start talking about percentages because I'm a numbers guy and it, it just becomes numbers at that point, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you have uh, 10 people on your list, you know, maybe no one purchases a yeah. thousand, you get two or three people, you get 10,000. So then it just becomes numbers. All you have to do yeah. is increase those numbers. Are you struggling to create your first online course? Do you have an idea for a course topic, but don't know how to get started? It can be hard trying to figure out everything that goes into course creation. How do you outline your course? How do you set up the technology to create the content? How do you publish it so that you can begin helping others and making money immediately? We know it can be difficult for first-time course creators. That is why we have designed the Start Your First Course Challenge. Our goal is to help you get that online course published within a couple of weeks. That means that you can get your digital product to market without wasting a bunch of time. We will show you how with the easiest methods possible that we have learned and crafted over the years. You'll learn how to choose a topic, outline your course, script what you want to say, and then record the material. After that, you'll discover how to set up the platform and publish it, all with a simple system that's guaranteed to get you results fast. Beat your procrastination by taking action today. Go to startyourfirstcourse.com now to sign up. That's startyourfirstcourse.com. See you in the challenge. So once you get people on your email list, uh, what do you do? H how do you handle them? Are you Do you have some kind of launch strategy or are you just sending out uh, weekly or daily emails of content? Yeah. What, what, what do you do once they have entered that list? Yeah, I mean, I... Mean, I to be honest with you, that nothing, nothing too sophisticated. Uh, personally, I I haven't found. Okay, every time they sign up for something, I do put them on a sequence, uh, which I have you know thought about and tested and and you know uh, they put a lot of effort into them because there's 
four or five different sequences, depending on what they sign up for. And at the end of that, there's there's a, a call to action to to buy a product uh, that that's um, in the same sort of niche as as what the free product was that they signed up for. But I have to say, Jeremy, that more successful is oh yeah, but more importantly and more successfully, um, I just give them I email them once every week or once every two or three weeks, um, and it will be either content. Um, or or an offer, and 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 the content, I you know, it's like um, jab jab jab, right hook or something. So right. you do <clears throat> three bits of content, and then you do an offer. <clears throat> you don't have to. I mean, it's but but you don't want to do offer after offer. You know, buy something. That you don't want to have you know three or four sales emails in a row um, because then you'll. I mean, I'm assuming you'll get. Um, uh, unsubscribes. I, I never. I've never tried to be honest with you. I've always done it. I've always done it like this. I haven't tested it uh, mm. because it works. Um, because because you know most of the most of the success I've had comes from the the actual the the actual mail. You know the 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 campaigns I send out that are live. So they go out to everyone and mm. say, hey, there's a new. I, I I've been telling you about this new product. So, you know. I've, it doesn't come out of the blue, you know. I mean, I've right. already, I've, I've already given them a lot of content around a certain subject, and then I come in with the with the paid course. I mean, they know it's going to come. Um, so, and and it'll always be some some time bound um, uh, offer saying. So I'm giving you the launch price, the early bird price, uh, which is twenty five percent of the. The price. I say, I'm, I'll give it to you for forty nine. It's it's going to be on sale for one ninety nine, um, mm-hmm. but it's it's going to be at forty nine for the next uh, week or so, and okay. and then that, that's the that's the one that does really well because then okay. you can you follow up as well and say the the week is you're almost out of time, so another twenty four hours. So if you haven't made your mind up yet, now now's the time to buy it because it's going to go up at the end of this um, at the end of twenty four hour period. So the to, yeah, it's not sophisticated at all. Jerry. You know, it, it's basically sending people emails that are most mostly a content, and then when I've got a product ready, I'll sell it. Um, you know, as as I described just just now with with a, with a, a bit of a time bound offer. You know, bit, um, so so people think it's scarce. Yeah, you know, add, add that scarcity element to it, um, and. and um, and then periodically I'll do sort of sales and stuff like that. Um, but but as I say, it's it's jab 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 right hook. It's always mm-hmm. interspersed with more content than there there is salesy emails. So how often would you say that you're producing new content? Are you doing um, say a new course every month or every mm-hmm. six months? How often is is a cycle that you feel like you're producing? Well, I mean, I could if I was when 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 I was working hard at the courses, I, I would do a course every month. But that's really, I mean, I'll say every two that's months. A lot of work. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that is that's pretty pushing. If you're talking a four or five hour course mm-hmm. a month, you know that is that is pushing it. So let's say two months. Um, but I, I, it's not. I don't do it all the time now. But um, I, I certainly used to. I used to write. I used to write books in in a month as well. These would be sort of fifteen thousand words or, or even more, and um, I, I used to think a month is a good sort of 
it's, it's a good goal to set yourself. If, if you don't make it and you do it in six weeks, it's not the end of the world. You still, mm-hmm. you still got the product out. So, um, so that, that's how I like to do it. Yeah. And as for content, I used to, um, I, I, I used to do, I'll, I'll say I'll do everything once a week, either a blog post or a YouTube video. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. I like your your one month goal. I think that that's doable. It really lights a fire underneath you. I, I talk yeah. to some people and they say, I've been working on my course for eight months. And I'm like, mm. oh my gosh, just put something out there. Yeah, I know. I, well, that's a rookie mistake that I try, I try to say to everyone, you know, and it's probably their first course as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm lucky. Um, the best, my, one of my best character traits for being an entrepreneur is I'm a very, I'm not a perfectionist, you know. Yeah, that's so, great. If you're a perfectionist, then you're in trouble if you want to get products out quickly because you really just need to publish and be damned, you know. Yeah, it's it's absolutely true because I am the perfectionist type, and uh, I've learned over the years to try to shed some of that. That yeah, you know, before it was I had all the all the cameras and the lighting and the backdrops and stuff, and and nowadays it's just like what's the the minimal that I could do mm. that gets the message across. You still want it to sound good, yeah. you know, and and look decent. But I think that yeah. people put way too much emphasis on that in the beginning, just because you know that's the fun stuff, you know, the tech. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. And and the other the other thing to remember is, as as you know as well as me, is you, you're never going to be successful with your first course. You know, you're never going to be successful with your first book. You're never going to be successful with your first product unless you're extremely lucky. Uh, most people make quite a few of them, and 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 then they start getting good at it. So it, it makes it it makes sense to get the first one out the door. So so you've got you know you, you can go on to the next one and then the next one, and, and sooner or later you'll you'll hit the jackpot. Nice, I like that. Um, so th- this is great. So you have uh, your free course. Uh, you get the email addresses. Now you have an audience that you can nurture. You're sending tons of content and value, and then sprinkling in some promotions here and there for new products. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about your your traffic strategy and the content that you're doing. I know YouTube is kind of a big one for you, and then you have your blog, which is great for you know SEO purposes. Are you doing anything else outside of those two? I, I am, but but you're right to concentrate on those two. The, every, everything else is kind of secondary to those two. Okay, in terms of and, content. And so, what what do you see working really well? You know, we can talk about the past for YouTube, but it's kind of irrelevant because these things change so often. So yeah. in, in 2020 today, what are you seeing either with the blog and the SEO or with the YouTube channel? What's working out really well or how are you handling the content of these platforms? Well, you know, I mean, I could, the SEO is, a, it, it, whether it's Google SEO or YouTube SEO, I mean, we could talk all night about that. <laughs> you know, and, and it's really changed. I mean, basically, I mean, your audience probably they they already know this, but I mean it's all about links and authority for Google, um, mm-hmm. which is a shame because it means if you've got a new website, it's extremely hard to rank it. But mm-hmm. as I as I explained to you earlier on, I, I've been I had this website since two thousand and five, so I did get some good authority early days for through it mm-hmm. and um, a, a good organic links, you know. Um, and I was, uh, you know, 
I, I don't that the problem with with me talking about SEO is I'm thinking I'm going to be talking to people who haven't started yet, and mm. I've got this huge great advantage, and because I started yeah. 15 years ago, right. and the site, you know, if I write one article with a certain title, it will do better than the same person who writes the same article on a with the same title on a new site, just because my site has the authority. Um, right. But that's not going to help anyone um, who, who's listening to this who hasn't got a site yet. Uh, I wouldn't give up. You know, I'm not saying it's, it, you know, don't do it. Um, but I, the way I did it is I, I did it the white hat way. I just created good content and I made um, acquaintances with other content creators like, you know, other Udemy instructors, other bloggers, other YouTubers, and you get friendly with them because you, you, you're talking about the same subjects, you're passionate about the same subjects, and so they, they link to you, um, to you without asking. That's, that's the way I do it. I mean, these days people um, buy links and, and um, spend fortune on, with SEO companies, and I'm pleased to say I've never done that. I've been lucky because I... I done it. I've done it all for free. You know, I, I, I did it all the right way, all the white hat way. And the way I did it, it was just, you know, um, searching, searching Google for keywords, finding which keywords are hot. It's the same technique on YouTube. You think of an idea of a of a YouTube video or a blog post, and you key it in and see what comes up. And then you'll immediately see how you can play around with the keywords, which keywords are hot. Um, because you can see which ones are coming up, and um, and you can you you can uh, test it as well. Put put in a keyword that you think is going well, and then and then what what you'll find is some blog posts do better than other blog posts. Some YouTube videos do better than other YouTube videos. So you just capitalize on the ones that are being successful already. And once you have a successful keyword on YouTube or, or WordPress, and then you've got to think, oh, can I make a course on that? Because if it's a successful keyword on the search engines, you can uh, be 90% sure it'll be quite a successful course. So um, it, it's just a matter of keyword research um, and creating content. And then you've got to think about, not only you've got to think about the uh, keywords in the titles for SEO, but you've also got to think about uh, there's a human being who, you know, how to get them to click on that, mm. that title. And this is something I'm, I'm learning now, you know, cause um, I'm learning to put capital letters in, in my YouTube videos. And I just realized why everyone does that, you know, and mm. you make it a bit clickbaity, even mm. though it's um, so for example, I'll give you an example. My, 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 one of the recent things I've done is, is is an article about how to sell courses on your own site, you know, how to sell courses on your own site. But on YouTube, I, I wrote in the title, I wrote in capital letters, get off Udemy, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. You know, sell courses on your own site. And it was just, it was a combination of good keywords, but also it was a, bit, a little bit click, clickbaity. Mm -hmm. um, and and that did well. So so it it's really it really is an art. It's an art to writing t titles and content that are a on one hand they do well in the search engines, got good keywords, and b on the other hand the human beings want to want to read them as well. 
So it, you've got to think of machines and human beings at the same time. Right. Yeah, that's that's very important because, I mean, you have to bust through that noise. And if uh, I like the caps thing because, it, you know, if everyone has the same title, yeah. it kind of blends in. But then when the caps locks are there, it kind of pops out more than the others. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just just like the images, you know, it's uh, exactly the, getting the images is a, yeah. is a tricky one. Too. It's the thumb on YouTube. It's the thumbnail and the title that you've got to get right, because if you don't get that right, nobody's going to click on it. Right. I yeah. like what you said about um, if you find a video or a keyword that is performing really well, that you could create a course on it. I think that that's a really smart idea because YouTube could give you kind of a way to test your ideas if you don't know what to create and you just go on YouTube and start producing five, 10 minute videos and kind of see what people are responding to, then you could take that and turn that into a course. I think that's brilliant. Yes, and and uh, th- th- this is this is my technique for everything. By the way, this is it, it's not just YouTube videos; it's also blog posts and email titles as well. And um, I was going to say something else, which I've probably forgotten now. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, oh yes, uh, so I'll give you an example. So uh, when I was writing. Uh, blog posts and and sending them off in emails. I found the ones that were to do with running running a web design business. I found that they did really well. So so I just did a course on running my running a web design business and a book, and they both did really well. Especially the course on Udemy. That's my best course because mm-hmm. and it, and the the beauty of it is it's all um, pretty pretty much evergreen material. So. Uh, it's still on there, and I probably I made it in about um, 2014, probably, and it's still selling on Udemy, and it's it's made over fifty thousand dollars that one, um, wow. and it's just yeah. Um, so it was the keyword that sells it because um, people want to know how to start businesses. You know, that, that is, it's just a it's just a good keyword. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And then I it, I was thinking about the the YouTube strategy, the blog post strategy for creating courses. And I guess you you know putting out some free courses would essentially do the same thing. If you put out a couple free courses and you see ones responding much better than the other ones, then maybe you could create a premium course on that topic too. So exactly, it's just all the same. It's it's just yeah. the same thing I, that I do everywhere. You you've got the stats, you know. And, and and they can see if, if you're just starting out, you think you won't be able to. You, you think, oh, everything's just getting a few clicks, so, uh, you know. But sooner or later, you'll find one's going to do a lot better than all the others. It, it always happens. Yeah, that's amazing. Now, have you ever done any uh, paid advertising like Facebook ads, YouTube ads? Have you ever tried any of that? No, and uh, well, I have I tried tried it, but it doesn't work <laughs> for yeah. me. It doesn't, it doesn't well, work. It's it's a whole new skill, right? Like yeah. it's learning YouTube or or uh, you know blog posts and stuff. It it takes a yeah. whole new skill to get into. Yeah, it, I mean, especially YouTube. I'm pretty. I, I just. I maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I just think my my um, audience, like entrepreneurs, I don't think they're on you on Facebook to buy to buy products about entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, and uh, maybe other people. I know they have other other experiences maybe i'm wrong but i have tried and and i 
you know, it, it's just I can I, I can get subscribers, but I can't get buyers through through YouTube. Um, have you had uh, through Facebook? I, I beg my pardon. Have right. you had a a different experience with that, Jeremy? Or well, you know, I think that um, I think the ads work really well when you're not sending them directly to a course. I think this is a problem a lot of people make, and a lot of people on Udemy do this, and this is a terrible strategy, is to run an ad and send them directly to a Udemy course because the yeah. return on your ad spend or the return on your investment is just not there. So what I've, I've found uh, to work better is running ads to that freebie. So mm -hmm. running ads to the free course or running ads to the free PDF, or maybe it's a webinar where you are directing them into your your funnel and you know they're mm -hmm. starting to know you and like you because the thing about ads it's it's generally a cold audience right like they don't mm -hmm. probably even know who you are so yeah. so i think yeah. i think you have to warm them up a little bit and i find yeah. that you know maybe running ads to that that free course where yeah. they can go in take the course for free and then get to know you see your teaching style yeah. And then you yep. get their email list and then sell them, I think, has been a better yeah. strategy. Yeah. My problem with that is it's, it's expensive because I yeah, found that right. you're, you're looking at, you know, how much do you have to pay for an email address? And right. then that email address for me, it'll, you know, I, I don't have a way of knowing whether that one converted. And right. it will be, you know, it'll, it'll be just one email. <laughs> you don't, I mean, you probably could you probably should find a way of, of knowing how it converted. But I mean, he, that email address, he, he could, he could end up being a buyer maybe a few months down the line, you know, but you don't know, did that one come from Facebook or did, did it come organically? You know, right. so I, I just find it very expensive way to get, to get emails. Um, and, and that's probably because I'm so spoiled that I get, <laughs> I get emails for free because I get it organically on Google or organically on YouTube. So, um, right. you know, I, I, I guess I, I guess because of that reason, I, I, I don't like spending money on, on Facebook ads. Yeah, I mean, if, if you don't have to, if you're already getting them and you've got that strong authoritativeness, you know, online, you know, why would you? Um, so just thinking about that, let's say, um, you know, one of your good friends comes up to you and says, you know, hey, Rob, I've been working a nine to five job for 20, 30 years, and I really want to create an online course. Now, knowing what you know, it's, you know, you, you've seen a, a broad spectrum through the years of um, development through online business and online courses. If this person was just starting out, what would be some of the tips that you would recommend to them on getting started? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't put them off. You know, I don't, I, the last thing I want to do is, is, is have people listen to me and think, oh, he's got an audience, so it's easy for him because it re really is not the case because I, I've seen people make YouTube channels and, and grow them to be bigger than mine in, in the space of a few months. It just depends on your on your niche, you know. So I, I would suggest um, if they want to do a course, I definitely suggest to, to get a YouTube channel. For for me, YouTube um, making a course is the next logical step after YouTube. Uh, maybe because of my niche, you know, I'm, I'm about, you know, showing how people can use WordPress, how people can make money online. So it, it really is a um, a logical thing to go from YouTube to um, a platform like Udemy or to sell courses on your own platform. So I'll definitely tell them to just start making videos, start making videos, five-minute videos on YouTube. Start 
um, uh, reading up a little bit about SEO uh, to to make sure your titles give give your videos the best chance that they can have on on YouTube, um, and then make make loads of videos that are in different subjects. So for for the reason we were just talking about, they they can gauge which are the most pub, you know um, which are the most um, popular subjects. And then I guess if, if if that person was just starting out, then I'd suggest that they did start on Udemy because if you are starting out, you haven't got an you haven't got an an, an audience, so you might as well start on Udemy. I would say. Um, so I, I would then say to to you know as we were saying earlier, try to make a course in in one month, make it very quickly, and then as soon as you've finished and published that course. Don't sit back on your laurels. Start making the second course straight away, <laughs> because you know you've just got to turn yourself into a machine. It's not you're not going to make one course, spend eight months on it, and and have it be this great success that you think it's going to be. Uh, I mean, you might do, but it, it would be extremely unlikely. Um, so I'm in in into the the quantity um, and, and playing around with the keywords, seeing what works. And then at some some at some other stage, they should set up a website themselves, um, I, because if you haven't got a website, there's no way of no. There's no really good way of. I uh, mean, maybe you can, but I I just think you need a website as a home for everything to draw mm. in all these disparate elements. That's always going to be yours, and also you can collect email addresses from your own website as well. Um, it'll be slow going at first. Um, but but I think that the sooner you start with that, the better. But um, at the moment, I would start on YouTube because I just think it's easier to to it's easier on YouTube to make a start than it would be with blogging these days. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's 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 a lot easier with platforms like that. YouTube and Udemy just kind of help you bypass some of the struggles that you might have if you're building a website from scratch. So yeah, I. Yeah. I I agree with that totally. Thank you, Rob, so much for all the information today. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. I know a lot of these listeners are going to want to find out more about you and uh, some of the things that you're talking about. So where can we do that at? Well, thank you very much. Um, well, my name is Rob Cubbon, and that's R-O-B-C-U-B-B-O-N. So if you Google that, you should find my site. Uh, but if you want to sign up on to one of my free courses, have a look at my free courses and see what you think of my sequences after after you go through them. Um, you can do so at robcubbon.com slash free courses. Um, and, um, and if you sign up for any one of the six free courses there, then you'll be on my email list anyway, unless you unsubscribe. So you can find out what I'm doing. Otherwise, you can just look in my blog uh, at robcubbon.com. Uh, or you could just Google me and then you'll find my YouTube channel as well. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you, Rob. And I just hope you have continued success throughout the years. And thanks for coming on the podcast. And very much the same to you, Jeremy. I wish you all the success in the, in the years to come. And, and it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for joining us today, Rob, and sharing your journey with us. You can find out more about him and his business by visiting robcubbin.com or you can get the show notes of this episode along with links and resources by visiting onlinecourseigniter.com forward slash nine. See you all next week. 
Thank you for tuning in to the Online Course Igniter podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening so that you don't miss an episode. If you would like to learn more marketing strategies and how to sell your online course, then also check out our free community where we share tips, tricks, and tutorials at onlinecourseigniter.com forward slash community.